entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show, normally live on podbean.com. Right now, I'm doing something a little different. I am doing Twitch. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, that means you're not on Twitch. Looking at my lovely, lovely face. Hello, Kim Lewandowski hanging out there in the chat room here on the Twitches. Good to see you made it over. Um. Hopefully some other people eventually start find this. I hope. I mean, hey, when you're doing something new, you can't expect to have everything you want right away. So I have got to tell you all about everything that is awesome in the world. But first, I need to tell you about coffee. Yes, that's right. My wonderful, amazing friends at American Pride Roasters make the finest, absolutely best blends of coffee in all of Iowa. Now I say that kind of in jest because they are out of Iowa. They are a small business. They do amazing, amazing coffee. Um, right now I have been working my way through the Thomas Paine abandoned or abandoned common sense, uh, age, age of reason. I, I remember, don't really remember off the top of my head what it's called, but basically 100% uh, robusta beans and oh my gosh great flavor and a heck of a kick of caffeine so good uh, go to american pride roasters go through and check out their selection of coffees um, they have coffees named after personalities at mojo 50 uh, a couple personalities at the blaze have blends of coffee keith malinak and his um great Amazing macadamia blend coffee is superb. I highly recommend you check it out. American Pride Roasters, go there when you order in the uh, special instructions. You will see a spot to, uh, you know, for special instructions. Tell them that you heard about it through the Tyler Morgan Show. That way they know you like this goofy little show. Again, thank you so much, APR Coffee, American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. All right, so getting into it, ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest. I I said that, you know, when I shared this on Facebook earlier today, that there would be some splaining. I would like to say right now, I am not upset with Podbean. In fact, I couldn't be more thrilled that Podbean has given me zero issues. I have talked COVID. I have done interviews with a doctor who treated COVID and his treatments did not align with the status quo that was being pushed for the last two years. Podbean let that run. Granted, Spotify gave me a COVID warning. I mean, it happens. So, like I said, Podbean has been all but great for me to uh, check out and they have done an amazing job, but I'm, I'm looking at some things. I'm wanting to kind of start over, start back on Patreon and over there with Patreon, you sign up as a, as a uh, patron there, there will be tier levels uh, regardless of how much you donate or what tier that you sign up for. Yep, you will get bonus content. I'm wanting to start not necessarily doing a uh, an overtime, but kind of like a pregame. Come in a little early, sit down a little early, kind of just give some thoughts that I'm not planning on hitting the show, hitting with the show. But it's uh, I said I'm just wanting to do things that are different, and it's totally. Nothing against Podbean. They have been absolutely great. I will tell anyone who is wanting to host a 
you know, host their podcast there, do, do it. If you want to spend the money, do it. Um, and I have to just kind of look at financial things. Uh, the, the place that works for Patreon so you can have paid content and regular content, it's free hosting. And that's really the only reason I'm wanting to do that. So, again, Podbean, absolutely love you all. From the bottom of my heart, you have been amazing. Um, I've done had email conversations with y'all about issues I've been having. You've been absolutely on top of helping me out when I need it. So Podbean, this is nothing against you. It's me just looking to do different things and best of luck to y'all. So when I start switching things over, um, I will let you guys know listening. So that way when things kind of get wonky, you're not thrown off. All right, so now that I have done my explaining, let me talk to you about <laughs> the the last two or three weeks of absolute temper tantrums from the left. Um, as you know, we've had the Dobbs case come out. We've had a uh, New York's ban, uh, uh, essential ban on the uh, on concealed carry. Um. The Kennedy versus Bremerton ruling, which is huge. And we've had a few on that from the right. You go, wait, wait, what? Oh, man. <laughs> Kim says, oh, that's the breakup conversation. LOL. It's not you. It's me. LOL. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, But no, with all of the insanity that has been going on, um, first, let me talk about Dobbs. Dobbs is a huge one. Hey, one thing on Twitch, you can now actually see me drinking the bourbon as I make my bad decisions. So, hey, you could you could clearly see above my shoulder here that it's not just a uh, not just an actual not just a a catchphrase. There's actually several different bottles of whiskeys, bourbon, scotch. You probably see that bottle of a hibiki right there. Good stuff. And then over the other side, you can't see there's more whiskey. So things you have to look forward to. You might actually see me pouring if I haven't already poured a glass before the stream starts. Anyways, I digress. Um, Dobbs. Everyone has been losing their absolutely absolute minds over Dobbs. Oh my God, they overturned Roe. They're trying to get rid of abortion. Well, okay. As awesome as that would be to federally ban abortion, um, no, they did not federally ban abortion. All they did was. They ruled that abortion is not a an inherent right covered in the Constitution. Now, you can make the argument that, well, Ninth Amendment, man, it's not explicitly listed, but it can fall under the Ninth Amendment. Yes, you could make that argument, but they ultimately ruled it is a state's right issue that the states have the power to regulate should you be able to kill a baby or not. And while I think abortion in general, well, okay, I want to say in general. For the most part, abortion is a very bad thing we shouldn't have. Now, and I understand I'm one of those people who acknowledges that I've got the cognitive dissonance going on in my brain that there are occasions where even I could deem it something justified. If a woman is early in her pregnancy is diagnosed with a horrible cancer. If she were to choose to terminate the pregnancy, so that she could be able to go through treatment that would save her life. 
I'm not saying I condone it, but I certainly understand it. Doc Thompson, that one is for you. If a woman is raped and gets pregnant, and it's a situation where she cannot go to the hospital immediately, do a rape kit immediately, get plan B immediately. It is a coworker. It is an employer. It is a, a family member. And, or she's in an abusive marriage and she cannot get there. I don't condone it, but I certainly understand it. And obviously incest. And I know there are people who are very hardline anti-abortion who would look at me. You know, they, they do the joke about, give me the joke about, uh, Guys are sitting around with a female coworker asking how much how much she would take for someone to sleep with her. She get she says a million dollars, and one of her coworkers says, "I've got twenty bucks." What kind of woman do you think I am? Well, we've already determined what kind of woman you are. Now we're just negotiating on price. I know there there are. I, I've kind of put that standard out there that, well, so you're saying there's good abortions. No, I'm not saying there are good abortions. All, you know, 2008, Joe Biden, all abortions are a tragedy and they should be legal, safe, and incredibly rare. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I would love to see abortion ended. Unfortunately, we live in a society that puts personal pleasure as a uh, as a virtue, as something you should attain. So you have women and men, because it takes two to tango. I, it takes a man to participate in the act that creates a baby. And all of this going on, we, we society has been taught that physical pleasure is more important. And yeah, you, you have to be able to succeed. There's just no way you can succeed and, and be a single parent. Well, you know what? I've known lots of single parents. I've known lots of teenage moms who have grown up to become successful. Granted, I've seen teenage moms, single moms that, you know, perpetuate a cycle of, well, my mom was a teenage mom, her mom was a teenage mom, her mom was a teenage mom. I've seen that. And it's it's horribly tragic that there are people who get caught in these uh, feedback loops, that everything is going to go on. But I would love to see abortion ended, period, end of story. Um, Arkansas, I believe, has done a good thing with their abortion bill that they just passed. They actually, they're, I mean, I'm not a fan of taking state funds for this, but they're going to use state funds to help care for those babies that are not aborted. They're going to make programs available. Hopefully they're means tested. So that way single moms will be able to have diapers, will be able to have afterbirth care, will be able to have help with child care. That is great. I would love to see that more on the uh, personal level, not the state. I think it should be a uh, uh, it should be a charitable thing. Uh, you know, pregnancy support centers are amazing places. If you have one in your area, please donate. You know, if you can donate time, if you can donate, you know, actual baby clothes, diapers, formula, if you can find it, or just money. If you, if you can give even 20 bucks, they can stretch 20 bucks to help a mom. And I said, it's, it's one of those things where life is more important. And there's been so many studies done on and surveys. Uh, Florida did a survey 
about the reason why women have abortions. Incest is approximately two thousandths of one percent of the of the all the women who get abortions in the state of Florida. Florida man is nowhere near as bad as we thought. And then you do rape. Rape accounts for roughly, I think, 2% of abortions in Florida. Health of the mother, and this is to include mental health, because let's face it, there are women out there who have a lot of mental health issues, and perhaps bringing a child into the world is not the best thing for her. Um, my children are adopted. They have a variety of issues. Uh, our young, our younger son, he, his mother had a lot of behavioral health issues and actually attempted suicide twice while she was pregnant with him. A person could make the argument that, well, she was she she had mental health issues. She should get an abortion. Well, truth be told, um, she probably could not have made a medical decision concerning an abortion based on her state. Like I said, she attempted suicide twice while pregnant with my son. So. It's it's one of those things that you know, now it's at the state issue. You have other states like New York that are now, ah, we have secured the right for all women in New York to have babies. Take that Supreme, or to have abortions. Take that Supreme Court. Uh, 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 Governor Hochul, did you not read the decision? That decision did not end having abortions. It ended federal abortion protection. It still leaves it to the states for you to figure out. It's absolutely asinine how many people are. Losing their marbles over, oh, we're, they're going to go back and they're going to take all this stuff. Well, okay, of the five justices, or excuse me, six justices who supported the Dobbs decision. I mean, you have, you know, Chief Justice Roberts, who had it gone the way he wanted according to his concurring opinion that, well, this is just this far, far overreaching just to throw out Casey and Roe. It should have just been very narrow in, in, in upholding that the state of the state of Mississippi can, can in fact pursue their, you know, their heartbeat bill, 15 week bill, whatever it was. And then you had one person in a concurring opinion in Clarence Thomas who said, you know, there we should go back and look at some of these very controversial decisions. You know, go back and look at, say, uh, Obergefell. Now, I believe you could make a legitimate constitutional argument for Obergefell that, okay, we have we already have states that are recognizing same-sex marriage. So on the national level, we have all these protections that, you know, that exist for married, married couples. So under the 14th Amendment, 
these should be extended to all couples. And like I say, you, regardless of your opinion on gay marriage, I think there could be the constitutional argument. But then again, I believe in the libertarian argument of get government out of marriage to begin with. Uh, uh, some of these other controversial, but I can't remember some of these other very controversial decisions that they want that Clarence Thomas wanted to look at, but Obergefell was the big one. I think uh, the one upholding contraception, which contraception will never be outlawed, especially in light of overturning Roe with through Dobbs. You have so many people, oh, you you can't overturn, you can't overturn uh, 48 years, 49 years of precedent. Well, keep in mind, when Brown versus the Board of Education was, was issued, Plessy versus Ferguson had been in effect for nearly 80 years, separate but equal. That was a Supreme Court decision. Now, we have board versus uh, Brown versus Board of Education coming out saying, no, separate but equal. That, that's wrong. Of course, granted, if you actually read the ruling about Brown versus Board of Education, they made the right decision, but for totally all the wrong reasons. It was very racist. They said black teachers can't teach black students as good as white teachers can. I'm sorry. But at the same time, we should always be willing to go back and look at Supreme Court rulings because a, a government body could make the decision that, hey, we have the Korematsu decision. Korematsu said you can round up Americans without due process and put them in internment camps and take all of their property from them. So we're going to say, oh, we need precedent. We have to uphold precedent. But it's like, okay, but that was bad precedent. Do we still want to use that? There should be, never be a time where we look at a decision as being the final thing. Because morality over time changes. I was having this stupid argument on Twitter. I, if I was around back then, if, if I had 120 slaves and I... I couldn't free them. I would have just, you know, given up my estate and moved to a place where I could. Yeah. Okay. But you have to keep in mind, you're looking at, you know, 1790s, early 1800s through the lens of 2022. Back then, I'm not going to say all people were split 50-50 on slavery, good, slavery, bad. I'm going to say about, 40 said slavery good. 20 said slavery bad. And then in the middle, you had people who were fairly ambivalent. Say, no, I don't have slaves. I mean, I, I guess it's fine. I, I, I can see the argument they're being made because we we're discuss the discussion was George Washington. George Washington, as a young man, did not view black people as being equal to white people. He found it somewhat of an affront that, wait, black people want to fight in the military and then as payment be freed if they're in slave states? That's preposterous. But his, his view of slavery and of Africans, African slaves, it evolved over time. Over a period of about 50 years. And he lived in a state where even though he got to where he abhorred the, the, the institution of slavery, he could not free his slaves. 
legally until he died. And the and if someone made the dumb argument, well, yeah, how convenient when you no longer need them. It's like, well, yeah, he could have also just willed them to his kids or willed them to his wife and not said a thing. And then his wife would be the owner of 120 some odd slaves. We see this with Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson had an incredibly nuanced uh, view on slavery. Oh, well, he owned slaves. Oh, yeah. And in the original Declaration of Independence, or the, the first draft of it, when it was put to a vote, delegates from two states, Georgia, a state whose economy depended on slave labor, and South Carolina, another state whose economy depended on slave labor, they did not vote with the majority, with the the delegates of the other 11 colonies to accept, to adopt that draft. Now, why did they not vote for that draft? Could it possibly be that in that draft, Thomas Jefferson went full on woke scold against King George about taking foreign peoples and taking them to strange lands across the ocean and selling them into bondage and authorizing that as the king? What kind of Christian man would say this or do this, allow this? Yeah, there's a reason why that version didn't pass. But, oh, if I went back in time, I would be all about this. Uh, I'm not going to say no, you wouldn't, but I am going to say you probably weren't going to make a lot of friends. And you weren't going to get very far because while, you know, small P progressive ideas were great. That's why we have the three fifths compromise. We worked through official channels to slowly over time undermine and eradicate a horrible, horrible domestic policy that we had in the United States. And we should always be willing to go back and look at stuff, especially when it comes to, you know, depriving people of life, liberty, or their pursuit of happiness. And I know those words aren't enshrined in the Constitution. They are enshrined by the document that basically laid out, here is what we are going to be in this nation. That we are all endowed by our creator. We are God-given gifts. Or our law-given gifts. Or um, the universe-given gifts. The great spaghetti monster in the sky if you're a pastafarian. These are things that they're inherent. And with... And with the phrase, that among these, these are not the only things. Kind of like when you hear, uh, hear a legal disclaimer, include but not limited to. That among these inherent rights that we have, just by merely breathing, by merely existing, we have these rights. Included in those, but not limited to them, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We should always fight to protect inherent rights, not just rights, not just the negative liberties included in the Constitution through the, through the Bill of Rights. The idea that, well, the, the baby, the fetus is not viable. Well, okay, but, you know, if you're on, you know, a feeding tube and unable to physically feed yourself, unable to move your 
you know, paralyzed from the eyeballs down. Your brain function is next to zero. Do we have a collective right to just go and throw a pillow over your face and call it a day? No. Uh, I don't think that there should be a right to euthanasia. I, well, that, that, that one gets tricky because ultimately euthanasia, that's not, um, that is still the intentional taking of a human life. Granted, you may ask for it because, you know, you have that right in your state and you I've got terminal cancer anyways. Might as well go out with a whole bunch of drugs and be all completely loopy and not not have to suffer. Yeah, that's all well and good, I guess. But, I mean, guess you don't want the mess of a gun? It, it's still suicide. And ultimately, suicide is a personal choice made between the person going through emotional crisis or a health, a severe health crisis and, you know, whoever's, whoever, whatever sets their moral compass. At the end of the day, it is on them, but through assisted suicide, I, I mean, euthanasia, I'm sorry. Which euthanasia, that's just, that's so clinical. It, it just makes it so obscene just to be like, eh, you know, um, we're just going to go in and we're just going to do a lifeectomy on them. Wait, a, a, a lifeectomy? Oh, yeah, we're just going to remove their life. Just pull it right out of them. It's great. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Unfortunately, that currently exists via the Tenth Amendment in places like, you know, Washington. Yeah, you can die with dignity. Uh, if you ever read the Steve Dace book, A Nefarious Plot, one of the things Lord Nefarious, the demon from hell, one of the points he makes is death is is not dignity. It doesn't matter if it's in bed, surrounded by your loved ones. It doesn't matter if it's in a hospital room with a doctor injecting you full of something that's going to cause you to stop breathing. Death isn't dignant. With death, is, I mean, one of the ultimate indignities that, that we view as living people is to soil oneself. And guess what? When you die, your body loses all control over certain things, such as uh, maintaining pressure on your bladder. Certain sphincters tend to uh, relax and stuff comes out. Death is indignant in and of itself. And so we have, you know, one of the greatest indignities of intentionally ending a pregnancy because I'm just a single mom. I don't have the money to raise the baby or I think is the absolute worst. And according to that Florida survey I mentioned earlier, 97 point some percent. Nearly 98% of all pregnancies in the state of Florida are because of convenience. They're terminated because it's just another form of birth control. Ugh, gross. Here's an idea. If you want to live in what some would consider a moral, civilized society, why not engage in moral, civilized behavior? Dudes. I'm talking to the dudes right now. Men. If you don't want to run the risk of knocking up some chick you met at the bar, some fling that you picked up on Tinder, 
whatever. Some girl you've been dating, you have no intention of marrying, or you don't even know if you're going to marry her at this point. Keep it in your pants. I know it's a hard concept. Don't have sex. It's, it's very difficult, I know. I mean, that, that whole old-timey you know, abstinence before marriage thing, guess what? As much as they like to tell you abstinence-only education does not work, here is why it does not work. Human nature is not inherently good. Human nature is inherently, I'm going to get mine and move on. So, this whole idea that, oh, idea, you know, abstinence only, it'll work every time. No, it won't. There are people who practice it and good on them. Kim points out, no glove, no love. Yes, men. I understand the whole idea of uh, the joys of self-censorship. Running in with no protection whatsoever. Uh, it feels better. Yeah, you know what? You don't have to live for the feeling, homie. You don't have to live for pleasure. Living for pleasure is what has led so many societies throughout the ages into damnation. Maybe not spiritually, but you look at the immorality of certain former empires, Rome. And when it begins to be all about pleasure, you tend to start putting all sorts of weird idols in your life. <laughs> oh, my buddy Sean on here on uh on the uh, tick the TikToks. Oh my god. On, oh my, I'm very tired. It's been a very long day. Over here on the live stream, my buddy Sean, he came up with the perfect euphemism. Put on Kevlar before you go into battle. Yes. I love this euphemism. I'm going to steal it. Thank you. But, yeah, men, you don't have to just go in because oh it feels better living for pleasure ultimately leads to um bad things you tend to lose sight of delayed gratification the whole idea that well i can wait and i'll either get the same possibly even a better outcome down the road That's fine. Delay gratification is amazing. You ever hear people say, you know, oh, it it was worth the wait. Yeah, there's a reason why they say it was worth the wait, dummy. Because it's good to wait. You don't have to go. And whip it out and crawl into bed with every woman that you meet because, oh, this could be the one. Need to see how compatible we are. No, you don't. Keep it in your pants. And if for some reason you find yourself unable to keep it in your pants, please, for the love of God, don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. Not only does that prevent pregnancies at like a 98% effective rate, it also prevents other uncomfortable situations where you have to go to the doctor and um, see how do we put this in the army, um, get rotted off the range and be tested and get big old nasty shots of penicillin right in the butt cheek. 
Now for the ladies, let me discuss things with you, ladies. Just because a man says he loves you does not mean you have to part your knees and allow him in, allow him to try crossing your Red Sea. I know, I know, it's a hard concept. But you know what? You don't have to live for pleasure either. You do not have to have a goal of finding out how many orgasms you can have in your lifetime before you get married. Just because somebody buys you a drink does not mean you have to repay with going home with them. Keep your knees together. Now, I understand there's people who are going to say, well, what if she's pressured and all that? Hey. If a woman is coerced into having sex, if she is raped, she obviously has no freaking control over that. Now, granted, when it comes to coercion, sexual harassment, stuff like that, being made to feel because of the power dynamic, I couldn't say no. Ultimately, you always have the power to say no. If if a coworker, if a boss, if a person who has control over your career says have sex with me or you lose your job guess what you can say no and then when you lose your job you can sue the company for wrongful termination because you were fired as a reprisal for saying no to sex it's not a hard concept and again rape is something totally different because that is not about seeking personal pleasure whether you know, you're a misguided dude thinking you're pleasuring a woman because 99% of rape is not that. You are a dude who values control. You are a dude who just wants to have power over something. Whether you have to club a woman and force yourself on her, whether you ply her with drinks until she cannot have the ability to say no, or at least say yes with some sound judgment, you are a dirtbag who should be taken out in the woods, have a lead suppository put between your eyes, and then we call 811 so we don't you know, discover any, um, any underground uh, cables or pipeline or anything. At the end of the day, the majority of pregnancies that end in abortion are 100% preventable. Period. End story. Roe versus Wade should have never been a thing. Under Dobbs, it is up to the states. And through the states, They should find ways to make abortion as absolutely rare, if not completely non-existent. Like I said, I have a very high standard for what I think will qualify for allowing an abortion. If she is raped, especially especially in situations where due to abuse or the potential for additional abuse because yeah, it's from a coworker, it's from someone they from an employer, it's from you know, a family member, it's from a friend they are in close contact with. If it is a husband in spousal rape, I understand that you might not be able to get to a doctor the next day and get the plan B pill and take care of it before any, before it becomes, you know, a pregnancy before it becomes a life. If a woman is seriously forced between my life and the baby's life or possibly both our lives, I understand that. And obviously incest, I think, you know, sometimes a woman cannot get away from that 
especially if it is a very highly manipulative and horrible situation where it is a a young woman or a girl who doesn't have doesn't have a way out it was um said those are the things that you know my opinion should be the only time it should ever be allowed period in the story all right so let's go on to some happier news <laughs> oh boy how do you move on from abortion to um the other big one the left is freaking out on and the whole idea that um now apparently we have to allow whoever we want or allow everyone of every denomination to pray on the 50 yard line for those of you who aren't following along uh that would be Kennedy versus the Bremerton Board of Education where coach Kennedy a football a football coach retired marine lived an absolute trash life even he says his life was completely a mess finds Jesus and when offered the chance to coach high school football he he accepts the he accepts it and you know, the night before accepting it, he watches Facing the Giants, a religious sports movie about football. And one of the things the coach does in that movie is after every game, he takes a knee on the 50-yard line and gives his thanks to God. And Coach Kennedy says, you know what? I'm going to do that. And for eight years, it was not a problem. Every now and then, students would join him. Not all of them, just the ones who wanted to. He didn't lead them in prayers. Now, there are pictures of him like holding up helmets from both teams. And, you know, again, it's both teams, teams from other school districts out there on the 50 yard line with him. And it's not the full team, it's those players that want to participate. And then finally, when another school goes, hey, what your coach is doing is freaking awesome. Good on him. He's complimented. That leads to him being told, well, okay, you can't pray with the kids. Okay, so he tells his kids, hey, no, you really like doing this, but you got to stop. I don't want to tell you to stop, but you got to. That turns into, oh, you're still praying? Um, Okay, now you're going to go, uh, tell you what, you can go to this janitor closet on the other side of the campus that will really interfere with you being able to do the post-game stuff with your students. And he said, no, I'm not doing that. And he continued to go kneel on the 50-yard line. Take quick 30 seconds. He's up. He's back off doing what he needs to do so he can send those kids out of there at the end of the night. Well, yeah, he was told that Okay, just because you're a state employee, you have to give up your right to free exercise of religion. And if you think about it, if he had lost, what would that do for Jewish teachers who are somewhat, uh, or Jewish men who are somewhat uh, fundamental? They're orthodox, and so they wear their yarmulkes. Jewish teachers now going to be forced to stop wearing their yarmulkes? Is a Muslim teach a Muslim woman teacher going to be forced to remove her hijab when she steps through the door, steps on the property because that could have an undue influence on students because she's wearing hijab? Is a is a Christian saying a blessing over their food at in the cafeteria? Or a a Catholic wearing a cross or uh, you know, crossing themselves while blessing their food? Are, th- are all those things going to be outlawed? These are like the second, third order effects that the left is just completely ignoring because now there's like, oh, we're going to have the Church of Satan lead a, lead a worship service. Okay, that is not what 
the ruling said. Now, you have the people, you know, what if it was a Muslim? Yeah, cool. Go for it. Point your, point your little rug to a Mecca. Take it, you know, get down on your hands and knees and you, you bow and you say your prayers to Allah and go on. It's not that big of a deal, but the left is all like, oh, the right, they're so, they're so awful. Whoa. Uh, Kim says they wouldn't be bothered. The left wouldn't be bothered by the, uh, by these other non-Christian people, you know, demonstrating their faith through what they wear or their actions. It's just Christians. And I agree. Because yeah, they don't want to be looked viewed as anti semites for telling the Jewish teacher, "Hey, uh, you, you, you got to take the, got to take the, uh, you got to take the yarmulke off, sir." They definitely, don't, and even worse, they don't want to be uh, labeled as Islamophobes by telling a female Muslim to remove her hijab. And it's it's all insanity. Period. At the end of the day, it's all it is. So at least you know now it is affirmed that just because you work in a government setting, you know, you're a school teacher, you work as a drone for the United States Army, as a civilian, FBI, whatever, you can demonstrate your faith without fear of repercussion. Yay on that ruling. The last ruling I want to talk about, because it's already bringing all all sorts of crazy backlash. Um, the, the New York concealed carry decision. Oh my God, it's going to be the Wild West because we have we have to now we have to start actually issuing the licenses to whoever applies for them, which it should be. I mean, don't be wrong. In New York State, if they decide that you know. The whole constitutional carry thing, uh, we don't agree with that. So we're going to have licenses. You want to conceal carry, you got to get a license. Okay, that's a lot of states have that. That's cool. But the whole idea that the whole idea that they can say, all right, here's the standard to get a license. But you have to prove that you are in imminent danger. If we do not give you this license. Um, okay, there's people. There's Glenn Beck. We use him as an example. He was talking about this on his show a couple weeks ago. Lived in New York City. Was. The recipient of many, many threats. So. He applied for a concealed carry license. He did all the classes. He jumped through all the hoops, this great big long practice or process to do it. And ultimately they said, die, you're not in any real danger. You don't need a concealed carry license. Yeah. So basically the Supreme Court said, yeah, you don't, they do not have to prove a need. They just have to apply, go through the steps that you put in place to qualify them for the license and they can get it. Oh my God. People are freaking out. Uh, Kim says, uh, shall not be infringed. Hello. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Constitutional carry should be how it is. If you are a person in legal stand in full legal standing and, you know, allowed to own a firearm, something I don't agree with, then, you should be able to carry it, conceal, open, whatever. It's part of that's part of it. But the whole idea of you know, like I said, having to prove that you need it, that's that it put an undue burden on law abiding citizens. And they immediately went with the 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 racial card. Well, you, what would you say about a black person with a concealed carry license? Good. If they if they live in a place where they run the risk of being a victim of black on black crime, 
hell, if they live out the willy wags of New York, they live out in the Catskills and they're worried that they're going to be a victim of some racist uh, Appalachian hillbilly coming after them. Good. Have a gun. Be able to defend yourself with violence if necessary. That's part of life. That's part of why we have the Second Amendment. Granted, it, we have the Second Amendment so that way if Washington, Washington D.C. loses their ever-loving minds, we, the people, we, the people, the first three words of the United States Constitution, we, the people, have the ability to defend ourselves against a crazy, overbearing, overpowered military force, specifically our own country's military force. Uh, I'd like to see you out there with an AR-15 taking on taking on armored vehicles. Dude, have you not been to a place called Afghanistan? Have you not seen Afghanistan on the news, Iraq? How about Iraq on the news? Guess what? They did a damn good job for 20 years keeping us on our toes with AK-47s, the occasional PKM. It's it's not it's not something ridiculous to think that private gun owners could actually mount a defense. It's absolutely stupid. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is the fourth of July. I don't have a lot of time left, but I'm going to leave you with this. If you're watching on Twitch, you're probably going to be bored because you're going to see me. Sipping whiskey while this plays. But I was feeling a little, uh, a little creative. So I decided that I was going to do a reading of the Declaration of Independence, set it to some, some nice, wonderful music. And yes, I am going to play it. So. But before I do, again, I just wanted to thank you who are following me on all wherever you are, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're not actively following me, if you're checking this out for the first time, please do me a favor. The same four things I ask every week. Four things. Number one, please hit the subscribe button, the follow button, the like button, whatever it is on your platform, because now subscribe means you pay for it. So you follow or you hit the plus, whatever. whatever. Click that button so you get it every week. Number two, please rate this podcast five stars. Five. Five stars. I'll accept four. But, but, three or less, we need to have a conversation. All right? And finally, the last thing I want you to do is to please. Well, no, this is the next to last thing. Next to last. Please write a review. Tell people why you like the show. Maybe embellish it a little bit if you kind of like it. You know, you know, little fluff. Little fluff isn't bad. Still do it. Now, what, now that you've done the rate, review, you've subscribed, please, the final thing, number four, share it. Send this link to somebody who you think will enjoy the show. Send it to someone who you think will hate the show. I really don't care. Again. I just want people to hear what I have to say because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll, in, it'll inspire a conversation with those who don't agree with me and we can have conversation. Maybe we can find somewhere in the middle where we can where we can actually, you know, find that common ground. We keep talking about for so long again. Thank you so very much for listening. Um, it means the world to me. Uh, continue to, uh, Keep monitoring me on Twitter at Tyler Produces, uh, Tyler Morgan Show Facebook page as I kind of work through what's going on with uh, Podbean and all that. Again, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect 
true, the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted amongst men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to those ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a desire to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is the right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new gods for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused to assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of the public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved the representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions of the, on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for established judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in neighboring province establishing therein an arbitrary government for enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, 
while suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity and have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right, ought to be free and independent states. They are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor.